Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 32. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and you're listening to Brian Holmes, one of my favorite people and certainly one of my favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, awakening dreams, changing nations. Hey, we want to see you healed. We want to see your mind renewed and transformed, your belief systems altered and changed. We want to see you discover who you really are and what God has uniquely created you to be and to accomplish. Well, we're talking about relationships. It's going to be a great episode. Let's just get started, everybody. Well, it's a wonderful day here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I am thrilled to have you listening to the program wherever you are in the world. It's the beautiful thing about this online radio, this on-demand radio what we lovingly call podcast, and as we've talked about on a couple of occasions, that name or that label is transitioning a little bit right now, but in any event, you're here and you are connecting with us, and we are so, so grateful for that. Well, we have been talking about relationships on the show, and last week specifically, we dealt with a number of things related to that, but I want to just start today's episode by posing a few questions to you. How how do we navigate changes in relationships? Because change is inevitable. Another question to consider is, are all relationships meant to last for a lifetime? And, you know, you when you get into a great relationship, you certainly would like to think that it would last forever. But the truth is, that's not always the case. What, what do you do when relationships are tested, really tested, when difficult things happen, there's a bump in the road, there's a severe test, how do you steward that? How do you deal with that? Well, here's one for you. How do you deal with this idea of transitions in relationships from one level to another? All of life is about moving from one level to another level. What happens when a relationship has that opportunity? Well, what do you do when a relationship's season has actually come to an end? Today on the program, we're going to be looking at these questions and others just like it. We're going to be talking about how to steward the different seasons in our relationships and how to deal with change and testing as those things take place in our lives. Well, as we often do here, we like to lay a foundation that is based in God's Word, that is the Holy Bible. And I just grabbed one today that I thought was rather appropriate for how we we're going to deal with this subject of relationships. It comes from Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. This should be familiar to 
anyone who has been uh, in a Sunday school class or ever uh, someone who attends church or has listened to someone teaching the Bible on any level, it says this, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. And just think about this in the context of relationships. There's a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down. There's a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Boy, that's true of relationships. There are times we should be weeping and crying together, a time to laugh together, a time to mourn, a time to dance. How about this one in the context of relationships? A time to throw stones (laughs) and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. Wow. A time to search. A time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to mend together. Oh boy, here's one. A time to be silent and a time to speak. (laughs) A time to love and a time to hate. The last one in verse 8 is a time for war and a time for peace. Man, when you think about that passage... In the context of relationships, that is some stout, stout stuff. There's an appointed time for everything. The relationships you have are going to go through all of these seasons. So how do we steward that? How do we process that? How do we walk through those very critical times? Well, last week we spoke about the five levels of relationships. And just as a way of quick review, Uh, By the way, if you did not hear that particular episode, it really got a lot of attention on the web. For whatever reason, our our Facebook sort of blew up on that one, and apparently a lot of folks found great value in that because we talked about navigating the five levels of relationships, which are, of course, first of all, my relationship with my inner man, with myself. How do I, have I reconciled all of those questions, all of those issues internally in my own heart? So first, I must relate to myself in a healthy way. Secondly, is family. Thirdly, is close friends. The the next layer out from that is what I called acquaintances, or in some cases, it might be your tribe, people who gather to you or follow you in some way. And then you have the next layer, which is the crowd, which is the noisy place. That's there's a lot of people on that level, and there's a lot of things going on, and they're they're definitely in your orbit, but they're they're way out there on the periphery a little ways. They're, they're not connected at heart level. They're not relating to you on common ground. They're just, they're just around, okay? And then, of course, the last level we talked about last week was enemies and fools. Enemies and fools. And I, I believe if anyone's lived long enough, we've experienced people who fall into that category at some point in time. So the five levels... Of course, first of all, self, but built around that is family, close friends, acquaintances in your tribe, the crowd, and then enemies and fools. 
And so in, in that discussion, we discovered a number of things. You know, first of all, it's very important how you define each of those levels because what I call an acquaintance, my qualifications and my my criteria for someone fitting in that particular circle in my relational circles, uh, you might call that person a friend. Someone who's a part of my tribe or or even a part of the crowd in my world, you might consider them acquaintance, uh, someone who is a little closer to you. So each person can really define each of those circles as they see fit. But for our purposes, we we really talked about how each of those layers is so distinct and so different. And it's very important that you not have someone in your intimate covenantal friend circle who is just a crowd person because that person is taking life from you and not necessarily adding anything to you. So I, I just go back and listen to podcast episode number 31. It'll be a great help to you if you haven't done so already. Uh, one of the things that we also talked about last week is some relationships are for seasons. And when that season has come to an end, it's really not wise to continue to invest into a relationship uh, that's come to an end or its season has come to an end as you will ultimately drain yourself of the resources God's given you to work with. And and please, let me clarify this. That is not to say that you you cut somebody off and you just act ugly to them and you diss them and you really, you know, all of that. No, no, no. I, I can be friendly with anybody. I, I can love people from my heart. I can I can care for them. I can even be available to them in certain uh, arenas and contexts. But when when a relationship's purpose, a particular relationship's purpose has come to an end, that season's come to an end, then I, I must now be able to move that person from, let's say, a covenantal friendship circle into maybe an acquaintance or tribe circle or move them out to the crowd. And that sounds so abrupt and so crazy, but the fact is, when when a season has come to an end, I must know where that relationship fits in the context of my circles, all right? Uh, also, we looked at some relationships are covenantal in nature, and they are sent into our lives by God, and these relationships are lifetime relationships. These are people that that God divinely connects you with, not just for a season, and God does that too sometimes. But he connects you with them, and those particular relationships are people that will you will exchange life with literally from the time you meet them until the time you go home to see Jesus. <laughs> Some relationships are situational, and this has to do with things like uh, business relationships. If you're attending a university and you're hanging out with certain groups of people or whatever. These situational situations like this are most times temporary. Uh, They usually are seasonal in nature, and they are geographical in nature. And they, you know, if you move from one city to another city, the relationships that you had in the context of the situation you were in in one city, those relationships are going to change because you're not going to be in contact with those people anymore on the same level. All right? The, the other level we talked about were how some relationships are strategic. And these strategic relationships have to do with your particular assignment, usually in a particular season. In other words, God may cause your path to cross with an individual who their influence, 
you doing life with them, your connectedness to that individual in this particular window of time actually will add something of value to God's purposes in your life in that window of time. And so we have to we have to be aware, are, are these seasonal relationships, lifetime relationships, situational relationships, or strategic relationships? All of them are important, but we must be able to, to place them correctly. The last thing I mentioned last week in relationship to this whole idea is that all healthy and godly relationships should be mutually beneficial for the common good. In other words, a, a true relationship is never one-sided, never. It is always an exchange of life. I'm adding value to someone else. That individual is adding value to me. And there may be seasons that we go through in that relationship where the other person is more needy, they're going through struggles, they're, they're having difficult times, and in that season, I'm, I'm doing a lot more giving than I am receiving. That's okay. The fact is, though, is that relationship grows and processes through those seasons. That, that becomes reciprocating, and I may go through a difficult time, and that person is propping me up and helping me to stand and, and be in my, a source of encouragement for me. So it's that exchange of life. So all healthy, all godly relationships are mutually beneficial. Now, I want to just lay this down real quickly here, and that is that a person who is in a particular one of these circles we talked about last week in this season may move in the next season. You could have someone who is in the crowd for two or three or four years in your life, but in a particular season, that person rightfully and in a very godly sense God moves them into your inner circle. He, there, there's, a, there's a graduation. There's a level that's attained in that relationship that constitutes them moving from one place to the other. So that movement could be in closer to you, or it could be someone who's been super, super close to you that actually transitions to one of the outer circles or a circle a little further away from you, relationally speaking. So movement is always happening, and we have to be aware of where those things fit. Now, Today, I want us to look at the inevitable testing and change that must come to every relationship. That's right. Every relationship will experience testing. Every healthy and growing relationship will experience change. It is inevitable. It must happen. The question is, how can we steward it in a way that produces a very positive a very meaningful result and consequence in our life. So it's not a matter of whether or not change or testing is coming to those relationships. It's a matter of when, and it's a matter of how will we handle it, how will we steward it. So the, the natural, organic path of a relationship is growth. Matter of fact, everything in life is really designed that way. As a matter of fact, someone said, living things grow, growing things change. I'm going to say that again. You should write that down somewhere. Living things grow and growing things change. Anything in creation that is healthy is in a constant state of flux. The human body is regenerating itself every moment of every day. Cells are are dying, cells are being created, cells are, are being regenerated, blood is flowing, There's your skin is constantly being restored and made new. 
It's just a constant state of change, but it constitutes health and growth. A static relationship, a relationship that is not experiencing any change, is going to become stale, it will become dead, and it will become of little use. And so, you know, to to try to maintain something in the status quo is to actually constrain it and almost sentence it to death because everything that's living grows and everything that's growing is in a state of change. And so I want to encourage you, don't, don't hesitate to allow change to take place in relationships. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing in your life, as a matter of fact. Living things grow and growing things change. And uh, I, I would encourage you, if you are not growing and if you are not changing, then you might want to really look at your life in, a, as a whole because that means that really you're dead man walking and none of us want to be in that place whatsoever. Now, every relationship will be presented with opportunities to grow to another level. Every relationship will be presented with opportunities to grow uh, deeper roots and and a deeper sense of meaning. Now, I want to just stress to you that doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens bec- out of intention. It happens because life is built this way. And specifically, there are three things that bring change into a relationship, three, three basic categories that can produce change, positive or negative, in a relationship. The first one is testing, testing. The second one is seasons. The third is personal choice. Again, there are three things that can bring change or do bring change, positive or negative, into relationships. One is a place of testing. Also, seasons, the season you're in in your life or the season the other person's in in their life, those seasons dictate change. And then, of course, personal decisions or choices that we make in a moment of time or, or on a day-to-day basis, those things can necessitate change in a relationship. Testing, seasons, and personal choice. Let's talk about testing just for a couple of moments here. Uh, testing in a relationship is inevitable. Let me give you this analogy. Every one of us have gone to elementary school, junior high school or middle middle school and hopefully high school some of us university etc and each of those grade levels require benchmark moments where we are tested on the strength and the aptitude that we have garnered to this point in that particular grade level in other words to graduate from one level to another level Testing is applied. Well, I'd like to state to you that relationships are no different. If if my relationship with an individual is going to grow to a new level, it stands to reason then that it, a test is going to be applied somewhere. There's going to be a test of our character, a test of our will. There's going to be an opportunity for us to, to hurt somebody's feelings, whatever the case may be. But something's going to come to test the relationship so that the relationship has an opportunity to graduate to a new level. A number of years ago, uh, this has been, man, eight or ten years ago, 
Uh, I have a very, very precious friend, uh, a person who has been a mentor in my life. I've had the privilege of of serving and helping uh, him and his assignment, the thing God's given him to do in the earth. And we were fairly early in our relationship. This has been maybe 10 years ago now. I'm not sure. It's been quite a while. But one day we were driving from my home here in Dallas to DFW Airport, and that particular day I I just noticed that my friend was very, very quiet, very introspective, and I, knowing him as long as I had to that point, I, I certainly recognized and sensed something's up, okay? And so I just asked very respectfully, hey, you know, is there something you want to talk about? Because I something's going on. And at first he was reluctant to to say anything, and uh, because I really, really am the kind of person who, if, if I sense something's going on in a relationship, I'm going to press until we get somewhere uh, because I really value relationships. And I pressed a little bit, and finally this, this person said to me, you know, Brian, every relationship is tested. It has to be. And if a relationship is going to move from one level to another, then a test must come. And he says, I just feel real strongly that God is showing me that our relationship is about to be tested. And of course my heart sunk because I'm like, man, what does that mean? You know, what does that what does that look like? And and I will tell you, most times you can't plan for that. You can't even prepare for it, except that you you would have your heart in the right place. And sure enough, a few weeks later, maybe a couple of months later, I'm not sure exactly the time frame, but uh, there was an incident where, in a conversation, in a group setting, I, I made a pretty strong statement about something ha- unrelated to he or myself, and that statement actually connected him back to a time when he was a much younger man when someone else had s- said something very painful and hurtful to him. And my words, although they were not directed at him, brought up all of these feelings and these fears and these insecurities and these challenges on what had happened years ago that apparently had not yet really been healed in his own heart. And at that moment, because of the feeling and the intensity of of what that conjured up in his mind and in his heart, of course, it brought our relationship into question. And that evening, you know, there was great emotion. There was a lot of pain and hurt. And, And in this particular case, I had not done anything specifically to him to hurt him, but but it was just this opportunity for us to process through something together. And over the course of several days, we talked, we shared, we, we, uh, I, I recommitted and re-upped my, my faith in God's purpose in our relationship. And we, we literally had to walk through that moment and that season over the course of weeks, actually, in order to get beyond it. And here, here was the end game. The end game was God was wanting to take the the level of relationship between the two of us to a whole different level. He was wanting us to to have something that we didn't have before this test was administered. He was wanting us to to develop a deeper level of trust and security with the other person's heart. And in order for that to be developed and that to be proven, there had to be a test administered. And many times these tests come in the form of, of a traumatic event. It might come as something that seems like or feels like a a very strong offense. It could be very difficult words or things that are spoken that that 
even when they're misunderstood, they weren't even intended to come across the way they did. Many times I find that words are the source of these tests, where people's feelings are hurt, where uh, it opens up an old wound, whatever the case may be, but testing comes in those ways. I've also seen where betrayal or or uh, misunderstandings, these things test relationships, motives, etc. Well, reaction or overreacting or reacting prematurely to any of those types of tests can produce an unwanted result or an unwanted outcome. If you allow your emotions to get the best of you in the moment of testing, many times we will sabotage or destroy the opportunity that God's put before us to go to the next level. A mature individual who truly values relationship will be very careful to steward this this moment of testing. First of all, it has to come with an awareness. Okay, man, this could be a test, and God may be giving us the opportunity to take this relationship to a deeper place, a stronger level. But it takes a mature individual who really values relationship and that person stewarding that testing with this hope, this idea that maybe, just maybe, we can take this to a different place. Here's something that I do know. If you pass the test, you graduate. If for some reason either party involved in the testing flunks the test, fails the test, doesn't steward their emotions the right way, doesn't handle their reaction the right way, uh, if, if for some reason that test is not passed, then one of two things is going to take place. One, either the relationship implodes and there's damage done there that's irreparable, or two, you just kind of skate on by and the teacher's going to come visit again, and the second time the teacher comes or the third time or the fourth time, the lesson many times or the test many times is much more difficult to pass. Now, if you pass the test, you graduate. And if you can steward that moment in the right kind of way and pass that test, now you and the other party involved, you all get to enjoy the status, the benefits, the joy, the results, the fruit of what that next level can produce in your lives and in your relationship. Every relationship is tested. That's number one. Number two, let's talk about seasons. Not every relationship is for every season. We read in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for every event under heaven. There there is a time to give birth to a new relationship. There is a time to bury it and say, you know what, it's a part of my history. It's a part of my past. I'm grateful for that, but it's not a part of my future. There's a time to, to fight, and there's a time to to be at peace. It's said in there there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. <laughs> I mean, we just we can go through that whole list again. Seasons are so important. And I really have found that most people are constantly trying to breathe life into or resuscitate things that God really has has brought to an end when in fact God God's bringing one season to an end so that something else can emerge, something new can emerge. 
The Bible says that except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But but if something's time has come and it's supposed to die, it's really not dead. It's about to be planted in the earth as a seed. And if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. Sometimes we have to be aware when something's season has come to an end. Sometimes God will send a person into your life and and that that relationship might be just for a moment or for uh, a few months or maybe for a, a few years. And that person may have a significant role in your life in that season. And God designed it that way. But as you grow and as you move and as you are transitioning through season after season in your own life, it could be that at some point that season or that relationship has come to an end. It's no longer meaningful. It's no longer beneficial. doesn't make that person your enemy. doesn't make them someone who opposes you. It simply means that, that they may not stay in that inner circle beyond that point. Some practical examples of seasons are, you know, high school. My goodness, man, I've got, I got all these people that I, I related to and was best buddies with and running buddies with and spent all this crazy fellowship time with in high school. And the truth is, within a year or so after you graduate high school, it's very rare. It's very rare that you really keep in close contact with those people. Yeah, I know, with the advent of Facebook and, and some of the other social media outlets, it's a little easier to feel as though you're connected. But I'm talking about real relationships. The, those things tend to come to an end. My son, who is now off at his first year of university, matter of fact, he'll be finishing here in a couple of months, his first year at college, and and uh, you know he, I think he's been a little surprised that these precious young people that he was so close to, and by the way, they still love each other, but you know, in his mind, there was this fantasy, this this idea that man, we're going to be together our whole lives. Well, you know what? That's a season. It's a season. My best friend in high school, who wound up being the best man in my wedding, I I never talked to the guy. I love him dearly. If he called me today. I would, I would spend whatever amount of time I needed to just being with him. But the relationship has changed. It doesn't mean we're not acquaintances or friends. It simply means that the, the role and the function of that relationship in my life has changed because seasons have changed. Same thing with going to college, you know. Uh, also, I think, too, sometimes in seasons on our personal journey, as God is growing us from faith to faith, glory to glory, level to level, and we're moving forward, uh, sometimes in our development process, we reach a threshold where we are willing to go beyond it, but someone else may not be. And that that choice of moving beyond that level of personal development sometimes constitutes a season as well. I've had many mentors in my life. Gosh, many, many mentors in my life. People that that for two or three or four years, we were in contact two or three or four times, five times a week and there was significant input taking place in those relationships, and yet today I never hear from those folks. I I, I don't because God has selected and and designed it such that that those relationships served a purpose in a season, but that season has now moved and shifted. Therefore, the relationship also moved and shifted. You see, as as you move from one season to another in your life, the relationships in your life have to adjust to the new season God has you in, they have to 
they have to choose to grow with you and on the, on par with with where you're going in your life or the truth is those relationships get left behind now that's a really tough one i i don't like that one but as you move from one level in your life to another not everyone in your life can or will go with you to the next level i want you to write that down as as you transition from one level to another level. Not everybody is going to relate to you on that new level. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, there's so many examples I could bring forward on this, but the truth is, is that, you know, uh, if, if you decide to better yourself and to really shift something, and we'll talk about choices, personal choices in just a moment, but, but man, ha- can't you point to some place in your life where you moved from one season to another, and people that were very important in your life in that season, they just weren't going with you to the next place. They're just not going to go there. That's not their path, or maybe they're just not committed to to personal growth the way you are, whatever the case may be. But at some level, you must understand that as you transition from faith to faith, glory to glory, level to level, success to success, not everyone in your life can or will go with you into that next season. It's just so important to understand. Not everybody is going to make the transition with you. Now, I do want to talk about the third category here for just a moment. Personal choice. Much like seasons, I, I want to just point out to you that when you decide, when you decide, when you make a conscious decision, a choice, to make significant changes in your life or maybe in the direction that you're going in your life. Maybe maybe you you just you just say, "You know what? I I need to make a a little bit of a course correction here." When you decide to make that change, this creates a demand on your present relationships that requires an answer. And I don't mean you ask a question. I'm simply saying the very fact that you made a decision to make a significant change in your life or a significant change in the direction you are headed, that choice, that decision creates a demand on your present relationships that at some point must be answered. It's kind of like this. And this revelation sort of came to me personally just in recent seasons. Uh, A couple of years ago on... Uh, a time away, I, I was really just looking at a lot of things, and, and and I'm certainly not ashamed to tell you that I was really, really, really engaging with my heavenly Father to understand what do you have for me in in my future? What's 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 ahead, and what choices do I need to make here? And as I began to to become more clear on the path that God was inviting me to go on with Him, maybe for the first time in my life. I, I really just said an all-out yes. And in, in that moment, that very sacred moment, when I said yes to him, uh, you know, my life and all, all of this circle and all these relationships around me, we were all moving in a direction. When I said yes, I kind of peered off, peeled off here maybe three degrees, four degrees to the right, not some drastic, crazy walking away, cutting everybody off. That wasn't at all my heart. I just said, okay, I, I'm going to follow you. And wherever you're leading, that's where I'm going. And that little small correction, that little small change, 
you know, if you if you're looking at it, uh, if you're drawing a line straight forward, and you then you draw a second line going three degrees off to the right. At first, there's not a lot of distance between your present course and your new course, but the longer that you walk out that new course, the more time that elapses on this new journey, the farther and farther away you are from the other trajectory that you were on before you made that decision. And that distance between where you are now and where you were headed becomes greater and greater. And then the relationships that are still over in this other path over here, they feel as though you're disconnecting. There's a distance between you. Some people may feel like you've abandoned them or that you've moved on when in fact you've simply just been real diligent to follow after the heart of God for your life. But that small change, that decision to, to go here as opposed to maintaining the same course you've had for years constitutes a, a, uh, a distance between you and other people that at some point those relationships are going to have to be adjusted. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, if, if you've lived a party lifestyle and you've been, you know, living it up and having a great old time and you just make, you say, you know what, I, I just, for where I need to go in my life, for the things that I know God has for me, I've got to make a decision not to, not to be that person anymore. Well, guess what? The people you've been doing all that hanging out with, they, they do not necessarily understand why you've made that decision. They don't necessarily uh, feel as though that's the good decision to make because they, they want you right where you've always been. That's what I need you to hear. People really want you to stay where they are accustomed to you being. Uh, man, you got to hear that. People want you to stay where they are accustomed to you being. And so as soon as you make a decision to stop partying and stop doing all that stuff, now the relationships that were that were the focal point of that that environment, now all of a sudden those guys are looking at you like, well, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's happening? And the relationships have to change. The same is true of, of a geographical move. If in a season of life you... You make a choice, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave California and I'm moving to Dallas, Texas. I'm going to start my life over there. We're going to build a family. We're going to build a, a business. We're going to do whatever the case may be. Uh, the, the context of that personal choice is you're leaving one sphere, going to another place, and that geographical move is going to, to demand that the relationships you had in one place adjust and change. Associations, groups you're a part of, churches, all of those things that that have to do with personal choice, it's going to require the relationships to be addressed and changed. So you have three things, testing, you have seasons, and you have personal choice. All of those will place a demand on the present relationships and require stewardship, very careful navigation, and in my estimation, a lot of prayer. So I want to give you some things to consider here. I want to give you seven things that you can do when a relationship is tested. These are things that I've learned in my own personal experience, seven things you can do when a relationship is tested. Number one, don't react, be still. Don't react, be still. You say, well, 
when when something traumatic happens in my relationship, I got to do something. You know what? Most times when you react instinctively to something, you you do more damage than the test itself. So my strong recommendation to you, your first response is to not respond. Just be still. Breathe. Let it settle. Let the dust clear. Number two, I want to strongly encourage you when you recognize that a relationship that you are in, that you value, is being tested, I'm going to strongly advise and recommend that you take that situation to prayer. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm not trying to be over-spiritual here. I'm simply saying that the Bible says if you ask God for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you are a seeker of wisdom and you are inquiring of the Lord to help you to know how to handle a situation and and even more so maybe how to even see it, if, if you can get his perspective, heaven's perspective on what's happening here, you might see that, you know what, this is an opportunity. It's not an egregious act. It's an opportunity for us to go to the next level. So first of all, be still. Secondly, you need to go to prayer and ask the Lord for his insight, his wisdom. Number three, look in the mirror and take personal accountability. Somebody said it takes two to tango. Well, yes, it does. But I'm going to take it a step further here. Relationship is the exchange of life. There is no such thing as a relationship without two people being involved. Therefore, if a relationship is being tested, each person in the relationship has some accountability as to the outcome of that test. And before you go pointing your finger at someone else's shortcomings, their offense, whatever they might have said or done, before you address that, check your own heart first. Make sure that you've looked at yourself and taken accountability for what part in this test you must take. Number one, be still. Number two, go to prayer. Number three, look in the mirror, take personal accountability. Number four, when you recognize and you know with assurance that your heart is right, then and only then do you go to that person for conversation and talk. Now, I'm going to just jump up on a soapbox here for about 30 seconds and tell you it really grieves me and it really aggravates me that most people, when there's a test going on or an offense going on or a misunderstanding or if there are questions that are out there that are unanswered in a relationship, Rather than going to the person who can give you the answer, many people will actually go to other friends or other acquaintances or other relationships, and they will say, what do you think about this? And that becomes that constitutes gossip. It constitutes, in my estimation, a violation of the instruction of God's word. Because he said, if you have aught against your brother or if your brother has offended you, if there's a challenge or a problem in a relationship between you and a brother, you're to go to that person and sit down and talk with them first. You don't bring anybody else into the mix until you have rightfully, with the right heart, gone to that person to try to resolve it with that individual. So when your heart is right, I believe it is absolutely scriptural and right for you to go to that individual 
and work it out with them. Number five, seek to understand. In that, comp- in that conversation, do not go in with guns blazing, with your agenda, with it's all about me kind of an attitude. You must seek to understand why the other individual in this relationship is hurting, why they perceived what they perceived, why they are feeling what they are feeling, why this test is meaningful to them and is a serious contemplative moment for them. Seek to understand where they're at. The truth about a relationship is this, is that when you truly love someone in a godly relationship, you are more concerned about their heart and about their feelings and about their concerns than you are your own. That's real relationship. That is the God kind of relationship. Therefore, I must seek to understand the heart of my friend before I am there to lobby for my interest and for my own personal agenda or outcome. So, Number one, be still. Number two, be prayerful. Number three, look in the mirror and take accountability. Number four, when your heart is right, go to that person and talk. And number five, seek to understand. Really, truly, from an honest heart, seek to understand. Number six, offer forgiveness. If they have hurt you, offended you, if if somehow there's been uh, something that, that has stung your heart, then you must offer, you know, I, I'm gonna, I love this relationship and I, I care about it. I value it enough. I want to extend forgiveness to you. I want you to know I forgive you for this. This offense, this issue is not big enough for us to throw away a relationship that we believe God wants us to walk in together. So you offer forgiveness and when that person offers forgiveness to you, you receive forgiveness. It's an exchange. And then number seven is reset. What do you mean, Brian? Reset. I believe when a relationship is tested and you've gone through this process, you've not reacted, you've, you've been still, you've taken time, you've breathed, you've, you've gone to prayer and sought the counsel of the Lord about the issue, you've looked in the mirror first, you've taken a personal accountability, you've made sure your heart was right, you've gone and done what the Bible says to do and go to that person and talk with them about this issue, when you've really sought to understand their heart and where they're coming from, and then whenever each party involved has offered and received forgiveness, at that point, I believe that test is passed. But there's a real critical step that I believe must be taken, and that is you must reset. What does that mean? That means that you, after the fact, you look at, you know what? What can we learn from this experience? What do we feel as though God is wanting to teach us through this process? And furthermore, how do we believe this is going to enhance our relationship going forward? And are there any uh, new rules of engagement that we should establish now in our relationship as a result of us having walked through this very, very healthy process? You reset, you talk about it, you debrief, and you reset for the future. You don't reset to the past, you reset to the future. So number one, don't react, be still. Number two, pray. Number three, look in the mirror, take accountability. When your heart is right, go to the person and talk, seek to understand, offer and receive forgiveness, and then do a reset. Now, I want to just wrap this session up today by 
offering you another angle. We've talked about relationships being tested here and what to do, but let me, what about just relationships changing? I want to give you a few things, seven things to check, just seven questions you can really look at and ask yourself when you perceive or when you discern that a relationship that you're in might be in a season of change. All right, number one, understand your season. You have to know where you are in the process of God's leading and his journey in your life. Know the season you're in. You cannot make judgments or make decisions or make choices about a relationship if you don't fully understand where you are in the process. So understand your season, number one. Number two, you must ask yourself this question. Is this relationship coming to an end or is it changing? Is this is the season for this relationship completely over, or is the new season going to constitute necessary changes and adjustments that we need to address and work through in relationship? Number three, you must ask yourself this question, what is God requiring of you? And that's important because God sometimes will say, you know what, that relationship is no longer healthy for you. It's no, it's not good for you. It, or, or this is a new boundary you must set with this relationship. You must redefine it. What is God saying to you? It's a question you have to ask. So understand your season. Is the relationship ending or changing? What is God requiring of you? Number four, has your change in direction, like we talked about a while ago, if you've made a, a, a choice or a decision to, to change directions a little bit, has that change in direction constituted a separation or an adjustment? Number five, is this relationship moving from one level to another? In other words, can I, can I discern, can I see clearly that, you know what, man, we're in the middle of a process now, and it looks like God's wanting to take this relationship to a whole different level. Ask yourself the question. Number six, has the relationship become toxic or limiting to my movement with God? In this season, sometimes relationships just flat become detrimental. When they do, you have to be honest. Ask yourself the question and be honest with your answer. Another question you can ask, number seven, does this relationship add value to me or is it taking value from me? Very important. So these are all things you can do when relationships are tested and when you sense that relationships in your life are changing. I want to leave you with some personal questions for your consideration this week. Are there relationships in your life today that you know need attention, and maybe you've just avoided it, but you know, I need to address these relationships. I, I, there's some things there that need to be dealt with. Number two, have you experienced testing in some of your relationships, and you feel, if you really are honest about it, you feel like, that some things were left undone. You, you, you didn't follow through the process we talked about a while ago, and you need to go back and revisit that so you can bring total resolution and closure to that, that test. Number three, is there someone you need to make things right with? Have you offended someone? Have you cut somebody off? Have, is there some relationship that God really wants in your life, but you, things are just messed up? And you need to be the bigger person and go to them and begin the dialogue so that things can be made right. Number four, is there a relationship that you know, this is a big one, is there a relationship that you know God is saying, 
it's time to let that one go. And number five, are you willing to trust him with your relationships? Are you willing to to submit your heart and your life to his voice and know that if, if you really make the decisions and choices he's calling you to make and inviting you to make, he's, he's got you. It's going to be okay. Let me leave you with this thought. When you make space by dealing with these relationships as God is leading you, I promise you, this has been my experience, when one relationship comes to an end, God always seems to send somebody else along that's for this season that's going to add value to my life. When you make space, God sends very new and very beautiful things into your world. Well, I feel like I want to continue this topic in a general sense next week. Matter of fact, next week I'm going to be talking about the seven quality characteristics of a healthy, life-giving relationship. What does a healthy, life-giving relationship look like? And I believe it'll be a great, great episode that will help you as well. Well, the episode's been a little little longer than normal, but that's okay. I trust it's been a help to you. Well, a couple of quick announcements here. I mentioned last week briefly that we are going to be bringing the New Beginnings Encounter to Houston, Texas. We are presently working on dates, and we are having some uh, conflicts on dates, and we're trying to work those through. But just keep listening. Watch the website. We'll be announcing that if you're in the Houston area really anywhere in Texas, and you can make it down there. I'm telling you, this event was so powerful in Dallas. We're just going to take it to another level and bring it to the Houston, Texas area very, very soon, so be watching for that. The second thing is on March the 19th, Wednesday, March the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m., I'm going to be offering a free webinar on the power of planning and setting goals. The power of planning and setting goals. You say, well, is that secular or is that biblical? Are you kidding me? Of course it's biblical. Write the vision. Make it plain so that those that read it may run. God wants us to have plans. He wants us to set goals. He wants us to build out strategies so that we can execute with great, great precision as we carry out the assignment he has on our life. So March the 19th, 7 o'clock, is going to be a very powerful time, and I'd love for you to join me with that. Well, if you'd like to comment on this episode, and I would love for you to do that, please go to the show notes, brianholmes.com forward slash 032, and scroll down to the comments section and engage with us. Some of the questions we gave you today, they'll be in the show notes there, of course, but engage with us in conversation there. Tell us where you are in the process of stewarding these relationships. We'd love for you to subscribe to our updates at brianholmes.com. You can do that by signing the form just on the right-hand side of any of the pages there. Also, if you find the podcast of value, we'd love for you to subscribe in iTunes, rate us, give us a review. That'd be so helpful. Well, we love you. We bless you. We say thank you for being with us. We will see you right back here next week.